Hello, it's Meg Dunback again, and I am here with Mr. Corey Wood, who is a science teacher at Richards High School, and we are continuing our conversation about the flipped classroom. It was an idea we had this year to kind of follow the process of the flipped classroom through the experience in his classroom. So if you recall from the first um, listening that we did, recording, we, we definitely delved into what is a flipped classroom and what are some of the things that he could project would begin in his room. So here we're going to pick up with, you know, how are things going? So, so I'll ask you that. How are things going? Um, they're going well. They are going well. Um, they're going about how I expected. The, I think the vast majority of the students are responding well to it. Um, I, they say they enjoy it. Um, they like the videos. They talk about the videos. Uh, me and uh, Jerry Keiser try to make the very, videos very interesting. Uh, we try and, you know, do fun, different things. Like we had a superhero themed video we're putting out, uh, next week. So we try and make it fun. Um, and most of the kids do respond well to that. So there, there are always in, no matter what you do, a couple kids who try it a little bit, you know, are a little trying. Um, but you know, we, we, we've had overall very positive response. That's good. So you do still have, um, a small amount of students who continue to go down the road of refusing to watch the videos or I'm too busy and I can't watch the videos or I remembered but it got too late and I didn't watch the video but for whatever reason they come into your room and they're not prepared and so for that group you're still having a section over in the room where they can go first and foremost and have to watch the video during their instructional time. Yeah so um, I would say we're looking at generally one or two students per period so not many. Um, under 10%. So I have 28 students, so under 10%. So one or two aren't watching the video. Um, and at the beginning of class, we always kind of recap, go over the notes that they should have taken, make sure everyone's on the same page. So those students would then kind of watch the video afterwards and just, they would be a little bit behind the sequence. Um, but yeah. It's kind now, of can I ask you a question? Last time we spoke, you mentioned that you embed questions in the videos. And what do you use those embedded questions for? Is that a grade for the student or is that almost like a hinge question for you? Whereas that's going to help inform, you know, what's the direction of your lesson? Take me through that. Um, so, yeah, we use Edpuzzle, which allows us to embed the questions. And we've been going back and forth. We've had that discussion between us because part of, a, part of me says, yes, we should use those as um, maybe the grade for watching the video. Um, part of me says, no, just watching the video should be enough. And if they, because if they don't understand something the first time and I'm not available, I shouldn't dock them points. Um, right now, Edpuzzle's answer that question for us. It's a little bit glitchy. And so for some students, it's skipping questions and not showing them. So we can't mark those as a grade regardless. Um, but that's definitely something we keep in mind and we keep coming back to whether or not um, they should just be knowledge checks and for our own information, if they should be a formative assessment that we don't really uh, assign a grade to or if they should be something a little bit more. Okay, okay. At least you're, you're thinking about it still, I guess. Well, well, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of thought because we really don't know quite. There, there, there are days where we feel like we don't know what we're doing and we're just kind of doing the best we well, can. Well, it's a first go around. I think that's mm -hmm. probably true with most things in life. The first time you're doing it, it's, it's kudos to you for even giving it a try. So what would you say is a benefit that you're experiencing with this? I mean, the reason that you did it originally was because like you said, that science 
you know, you wanted to take the lecture out of the science. You wanted to bring the application into the classroom at a, an extended period of time. So that's really why you took the lecture out of the classroom. So have you seen a benefit to your instructional time, and, and what is it? Yeah, we've definitely seen a lot more just general in-class time to do things. So uh, we've taken the lecture out, like you said, and just that 10, 15 minutes a day has really freed up quite a bit of time. Um, so much so that that's almost uh, another thing we have to worry about is make sure that we have all the activities, right? Because, I mean, for years we've been teaching and been ex expecting X amount of time, but now we have 15 more minutes, 20 more minutes, 30 more minutes, 40 more minutes, whatever it is. Um, and now we have all of these activities we want to try out and do. Um, a lot of it is a lot more group work, and the kids are working a lot more in groups and um, we're trying to embed some higher order thinking in there, some more problem solving. Um, but yeah, we have definitely noticed that the class period doesn't feel as cramped or rushed. Uh, you know, before you would be talking or whatever and the bell would ring and you'd be shocked and you'd have to get through all these things and you never get through it. It doesn't feel as rushed anymore. It feels a little bit more just more relaxed pace. Mm -hmm. Almost like a workshop, science workshop. Exactly. You know, where they could come in. Plus that goes in line with the whole transition from with your curriculum into the next generation science standards. So you're really just kind of teaching them differently than you did even just a few years ago. So, mm -hmm. so um, that's that's a bonus. I would say that's a definite benefit to you bonus, guys. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you have planned next? I know you said that the... Uh, First big test is coming up for them, so it'd be interesting to see how the students score using this flipped learning. Yeah, that will be kind of the first real um, objective metric that we can really fully test. Uh, something that we're, uh, me and uh, Jerry Kieser, we're going to be doing next. We um, the way this works out is they watch these videos, but they also get these packets, and these packets um, cover an objective. So uh, Unit One, for example, had four objectives. So these packets are, you know, they, they bring them with them every day and it's uh, about a week's worth of work. Kind of a mastery learning style where they can move on and move throughout the packet on their own. Um, and something that we found and I found that is that, you know, that's a great approach and model, but maybe it's not the way we should introduce it right away at the beginning of the year. These kids aren't quite maybe used to a mastery learning type and mastery, mastery learning type classroom. So one thing we're going to do is... Um, we're going to be a little bit more firm on deadlines. For example, we're not going to say, oh, this packet is due in a week, um, work on it, and you know, here's a rough pacing. It's going to be a little bit more like, okay, let's get these two pages done, or let's do this activity today. A little bit more guided, um, just until they're maybe used to or trained or um, understand really the, the approach we're going with. Um, and the main way we're going to do that is we are going to go paperless with uh, Google Classroom. So we have a Google Classroom account. We're going to try a paperless approach. Really? How interesting. Because are the students more and more and more, we're not a one-to-one -one district yet, so more and more teachers are using the Google Classroom and students are either exposed or not exposed period by period here in our building. So would you say they're even understanding how to get into the Google Classroom and all that, or is that also something you have to stop your instructional time to kind of explain all of that to them? And has that been a process? Because someone who's out there listening might think, oh, my God, now I have to do this too, and it's another thing. And why did you say, like, it's another thing, but in the end it's going to be probably another bonus? Yeah, I mean, it is another thing. Um, but... You know, if you're doing this and you just keep going, oh, it's another thing, it's another thing. I mean, the, 
I don't know. I, it doesn't bother me that it's another thing. Um, I feel like, yes, it's going to consume a lot of time on the front end, but at the back end, it's going to really free up um, some time. It's going to really improve instruction. It's going to improve learning. So I'm okay spending a little front end time. Same with flipped videos, right? I mean, it's a lot of time up front, but you can reuse those, you reuse those videos, and it's just, a, I feel, a better teaching style. So it doesn't matter or bother me that it's just one more thing. So you have access to tablets for these students, though? Yes, we do have a classroom set of tablets. Um, they're Samsung tablets, so they're not iPads. Um, so the students will get that tablet. Um, it did take about two days to get them to create their user, um, do certain things with the tablet, set up their passwords and screen timeouts and all this other account stuff. And then it took you know um, a little bit of time to get them into Google Classroom. Um, it's a little bit clunky. I don't know if this is how we're doing it or how Google has it set up, but it's a little bit clunky getting them into Google Classroom because um, if they forgot their password, they can't reset it and an administrator has to reset it and all these other things. Um, but it, it is taking a couple of days up front, but I feel like it's going to really pay out in the long run. Yeah, and I, I just working in the building, I know that your um, course is not the only course that assigns packets to students. So mm -hmm. let's say one of our listeners uh, uses packets, is considering going paperless, but does not have a class set of netbooks. Uh, what advice would you give to them? Because we do have labs here in the building that they could sign out. If they, like, every Monday is going to be a day where we go and work on our packets, could they sign out a lab and go through the process that way? Is that something that could happen, or would you just say, I would, I would wait till we're one-to-one? -one? Um, I guess I would say... It, it, what's nice about my setup and my, my approach is that they can use the tablets every day. So um, if they're signing out a lab and they can work on their packet, um, you know, one day a week or twice a week, um, as long as there's something else that they can do in the classroom, that's fine. Um, but I found in the past where I've tried to do things online and tried to do things in paper, it gets very confusing because the, the kids don't know what's what I've handed out. They don't know what's online. It just becomes a lot. Which is why I'm doing a paperless, I guess, initiative right off the bat. We're going to go completely paperless because it's one of those things where it's a rough transition and you just kind of have to take the plunge with it. Well, we wish you well on that. So when we check in at our next podcast, we'll talk about the paperless and how it's going, the paperless classroom, I guess. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else that you have coming up? Is there something starting in besides your uh, superhero video? Is that the beginning of Unit 2? That, uh, that is the first video in Unit 2. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't really, um, with these initiative things, it's just kind of what sounds good, what people have recommended. I've talked with uh, an English teacher here who does podcasts as well. So we might be doing some sort of um, podcasting activity with the students or something. Or, you know, it's just, it's more of um, what I think would be interesting, what I think would help the students. And yeah, and what would be great for us, and for sure we'll do it, is if we bring a student into our conversation. I think it would be nice to hear from a student who believes in this way of learning and maybe from one who's struggling a little bit and try to find out, you know, what, what's the obstacle? Why are, you, why are you struggling with this flipped learning? But I'd say great job, Corey, Mr. Wood. It's been fun talking to you, and we will check in again in maybe like three weeks or so and right. see how it's going. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome.